With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of the College Loop, women's basketball season's come to an end of the WNIT. They dropped a heartbreaker in Clemson. We've got our season grades for men's basketball, talking Bruce and the boys, talking Zeb Jasper and beyond. Auburn football's got their pro day coming up today as this comes out. And we've got a special little talk about whether or not we think Hugh Freeze can win a championship at Auburn. Gymnastics is headed to NCAA regionals. Baseball trying to get back in the win column, and softball's got a lot to figure out. Don't go anywhere. Don't change anything. You're listening to The College Loop. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast. I am your boy, The Tank. That is Dylan Lark, and this is episode 38, or the Legatron episode for Daniel Carlson. And shout out our boy. Shout out our boy. And also, I am again, and for what has been a week now, joined again by with Harrison Tarr. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. And uh, Dylan, I know that we're, we're down Daniel tonight, who was working his tail end off uh, over at WEGL 91.1, and an organization that you and I hold very near and dear to our hearts. So I'm, I'm glad he's able to run point there. Also, before we get into things, I just wanted to give you guys a quick shout out. Uh, for, for those of you listening at home, this industry is 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 consistently inconsistent. It is it is rapid fire. Dylan held his own and did an ma- incredible job on Sunday. Daniel and Dylan did a great job with our, our pregame analysis of Houston. 
And, and like I said, doing a phenomenal job with uh, recapping that game. I had some personal matters to tend to, and uh, I, I wanted to put it out there and, and let everybody know that uh, it's 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 pretty immeasurable how how much I appreciate the, these guys for having my back. And and this is this is a special group, and and we we certainly do everything we can to make sure we bring you guys up to the minute and we don't miss episodes. And uh, honestly, it, it means the world to me, especially with uh, how jam-packed this industry is. So, Dylan, thank you very much. And Daniel, I know he's not here, but I owe him a huge thank you, too. I appreciate the heck out of you guys. And, of course, thank y'all for listening to that show. I, I thought it was going to come out bad, but y'all seem to have loved it. So that's good. Uh, so we're going to go right in with women's basketball, who played last night as this is coming out. And an absolute heartbreaker of a game. Uh, Auburn loses 56-55. Marshawn Bostic puts up 23 points, would have been 25 points, but she got called for a charge in the last five seconds of the game and, and that end of the season. But still a very solid season for women's basketball. And I, solid is me undermining it, really, because it, it took two seasons for Auburn to go from the, the 14th team in the SEC out of 14 to an NIT second-round team, which... That could have been the third-round team. Could have been a third round team. You're just two points short of it, and that that hurts. You had to feel for that entire team. You you get in the NIT, you lose by a point. It it hurts. I mean, when you, when you just look back at the box, I mean, the difference maker is when do you ever see honestly Scott Grayson held to nothing? Well, when do you ever see that happen? And and the answer is not often. And you, you, after a, a great game from Jaquela on on Friday, Jaquela Johnson quiet, Sanaya quiet, and, and 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 let's be honest, this team's just not that deep right now. They they had some roster pieces missing and and not with the team. A ton of adversity. And and I told you when we were talking about this game a little bit on Sunday night that looking at this game, I I it's it's going to be heart alone to keep them in it just because they're only rotating in. What was that? Eight girls. Uh, that, I mean, you're not even playing with a full strength roster and and you're going toe to toe with the team that a year ago, let's call a spade a spade, would have blown the doors off you. And I mean, it just really speaks to how bad this team wanted to be there and 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 the immeasurable amount of heart. I know that that's kind of one of those feel good stats and it sounds like I'm sunshine pumping. But I mean, I think that everyone needs to take a step back for a second and look and say, wow, the the ground made this year and and, and the foundation built this year is, is something special, man. And we know there's going to be a shakeup in roster coming into the 23-24 campaign. I think it's for the best. And as that information becomes more available, we will we will definitely discuss that uh, and, and keep you guys updated up to the minute, like like we always try to do the best we possibly can. Man, I am I'm I'm tempted to change my grade to an A plus on the year. This game should have been a win, like you said. The the controversial call there at the end. I mean, I, I thought it's kind of an iffy charge on on yeah. Marshawn, and that, that really is one of those that could have gone either way. You never leave the hand the ball the game in the hands of an official. I get that. We preach that all the time. If it's a if it's a blocking foul, I'd, I'd like to think Marshawn probably gets to the line, uh, <laughs> probably gets it down to the line. But that's neither here nor there. You're theoretically returning Aisha Kulabali, um, Marshawn Bostic, Sydney Shaw has been on fire in the WNIT. Carissa Richardson, she's going to be right there. Yeah, you know what Jaquela Johnson can do. Sanaya Wells has an extra year of eligibility if she wants it. It's it's all a matter of what does this team look like next year. There's a couple of, of players I think you and I probably figure are probably out the door. But that's it's part of the process, right? I mean, nothing nothing ever goes super smoothly, especially in the world of the transfer portal. But Dylan, I've I was 
pleasantly surprised with the way that this team rallied back in and and you like to think that the way that they're playing teams closer also by transitive property Auburn's got to be a top four team in the country because Ole Miss wound up upsetting number one Stanford in women's women's bracketology which was remarkable that's a really well coached team too by the way yeah. Ole Miss was a very surprisingly good team this year and uh they play the Auburn plays in the toughest conference man I know that people get in get on to us about our quote-unquote love affair with the SEC I'll, I'll go ahead and say it folks barring the Olympic sports like being track and field and, and thing and volleyball and things of that nature rowing <laughs> rowing I mean even volleyball the SEC is top tier but the SEC is the deepest conference in every sport, and and you can quote me on that, Dylan. I don't really care. Uh, I'll stand by that. It, there, there's true. a re- there's a reason that the SEC is the premier brand in, in in intercollegiate athletics, and this Auburn team held their own this year. And it, comparatively, for sure, this could be. I don't know if it's a NCAA tournament appearance next year, but it's definitely a seeded in uh, WNIT lock, and and that's that's fine. That's completely okay. Don't be a don't be surprised if they wind up knocking off a couple of teams they shouldn't knock off next year too, Dylan. So, a lot of good things coming coming from the women's hardwood. You got to talk men's basketball. You and you and Daniel got to got to talk men's basketball. You know it hurt me the most to not be able to hop on here and talk hoop Auburn hoops, both men's and women's this weekend, especially after a big WNIT home win over Tulane. I was I was upset. I wanted to look back for a second here, Dylan, and and let's talk men's basketball. You finished the season at twenty one and thirteen. And I know that there's a lot of people that think there was a lot left to be desired from this team. And, and quite frankly, they should have beaten Houston. That's, uh, that's really kind of, I'm going to stick by that. And I think you wouldn't disagree. Uh, I would not. Uh, you miss 17 free throws. You lose the game by 17. Simple as that. That might've been the best example of to quote Jacob Goins on this team. One more time. This team just kind of was what it was and, and missing its free throws was kind of the brand. And and that 81-64 scoreline is just not indicative of, of what this team was, was capable of. Houston came out of the second half ready to win this game. And Auburn came out of this ha- that half just flat. They couldn't buy a bucket. But from a, a, a bigger picture, you said it on the Sunday show, and I, I think you put it best, Dylan. A lot of you Auburn fans that listen to this lived through the Tony Barbie years at, at Auburn. And and. And to quote Dylan Lark on Sunday's show, if your floor under Bruce Pearl is losing in the second round of the NCAA tournament, that is something you take every single time. And I know that we're going to look back and and, and this team's going to slip between the cracks. That's it, it is. It unfortunately is going to slip between the cracks because this team had the makings of what what really could have been a very, very special group. And I think they could be special in 23-24. I really sincerely do, especially with the addition of, as you mentioned, Aiden Holloway. But, like I said, a lot of you guys lived through the Tony Barbie era. And and from an outsider perspective at that point in time, and, and, and as, as a kid who, full disclosure, you know, I grew up a Georgia Tech fan, never never minded Auburn. Cheered for Auburn against Georgia, for sure. And, and, and obviously everybody cheered for Auburn against Alabama. So I, I grew up watching a good bit of Auburn games. Watching Auburn basketball as a kid was was like, oh my gosh, like why why is this on the TV? Like this is this is a joke. And 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 Auburn was the laughing stock of of the SEC for a, a an extended period of time. And you're kind of seeing that there's some parallels in women's women's hoops, by the way, just as a little side note. But Bruce Pearl's accomplishments at Auburn should never be overshadowed by the fact that this team didn't go according to what we consider to be the script 
ahead of the season. And, and, and I know that that, that feels eerily similar to the, the team just a year ago, the, the, the 20, 21, 22 team. But I don't want that to get lost in the sauce. Like I always say, because I mean, the way that this group rallied coming down the stretch, I mean, you, you stumbled, you stumbled, and then you just didn't, you didn't give up and, and you, and you found yourself in games. I mean, you, they, they, they didn't go the way you wanted, but let, let's take out that Kentucky in Kentucky game. You're right there at the Vander in the Vanderbilt loss. Uh, you, you got you got, got right against Ole Miss. You were right there in overtime against the number one team in the country and and the presumptive favorite to win the national title now, Alabama. In 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 March, you lose that game in overtime. You take down a very very good Tennessee team that's still dancing right now as we speak uh, to, to close out the season, and then you were right there in the Arkansas game. It's it's you're missing that. I guess, for lack of a better term, umph, as my mom always says, you know, that little <laughs> little bit of elbow grease. And I think his name's Aiden Holloway. And, and yeah, sure, you're missing Zeb Jasper next year and theor- theoretically Alan Flanagan and, and Jalen Williams and a lot, lot, a lot of pieces to talk about. And we'll monitor as that situation progresses. I think that we have a good idea of who will be here, who won't. But all in all, I mean, don't I, I still got to give this, this, this team, I, I think, a B-plus. Yeah, I, I think that's a very solid grade to give them. Honestly, had you graded the season prior to the SEC tournament, Auburn's looking to closer to the C range, but the NCAA tournament really turned this team around. And getting to the second round, I don't know what the presumptive like prediction was by mass media and whatnot before the season – but you lose Jabari Smith. You and lose Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler getting there. And did did everyone expect this team to be a Final Four team again? Did everyone expect this team to be an Elite Eight team after losing that, losing the two best players who Auburn had the same ending last season? I think that a lot of a lot of it's the Sweet Sixteen. I think that's becoming kind of the standard idea. But that's a little yep. bit of a ridiculous perspective. Look at Princeton. Look at teams like Furman. Look look at teams like Fairleigh Dickinson hashtag represent new jersey but it's the tournament man right <laughs> yeah i i think a b plus is probably where i would rank them uh I, I maybe closer to the b range just an average b b plus seems too close to an a for me sure. so, well uh, it would have been a b flat or a b minus for me if trey donaldson wouldn't have done what he did uh, coming down the stretch and you see well, some promise going into 23 well here's the problem with trey donaldson he didn't play in the second yeah, I half. I know. That and, my and whole thing with the Sunday episode was where in the world. I listened. <laughs> I listened. Yeah, uh, that that's a puzzling piece. But Trey, fun spin zone here. That's a guy we're going to get talked about a lot this offseason because I, I'll go ahead and preview it now and 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 put the plate this bug in your ear. There are guard minutes to be shared, and I think Trey Donaldson fits in that mold. In a way that maybe Wendell Green Jr. stands are probably not going to love, and I would be curious. I, I'm going to be very curious to see how this team looks going into 23, 24. I think they're going to be better, and and I think that there's a lot of room for growth. Thoughts? I believe you are right. I think Trey Johnson offer also offers the same kind of defense of ability that Zeb Jasper does. He plays the same kind of defense. He gets in your face. He annoys you. Uh, that's just how he plays and. Get him a little bit more consistent from the three. Get this NCAA tournament shooting that he's been 
get that confidence that he's been having. He also showed that immeasurable kind of dog in you and at the right time of the year where you put the ball in his hands in a big moment and he just makes things happen. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like in 2023, 2024. Another, another team that a lot of people are very interested to see in 23 in the inaugural year of head coach, Hugh freeze, Auburn football program. I'm sorry. You, you, you I, I completely missed where this has been added to the rundown. Dylan, I, I, I'll backtrack for a second here. You meant, you mentioned that you wanted to do superlatives. Yeah. Here on the college loop. Let's do real quick. We'll just do a, a one, two, three, bam, bam, bam. Um, and, and, and when we'll talk MVP, uh, MVP, best newcomer, MIP most improved, most improved. Thank you. I, 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 dude, I'm telling you, I, today's, I'm in a funk. I got, for those of you curious, I got back from Jersey at three 30 this morning and uh, that's, that's just kind of as we're filming this. So I'm, I'm just in a funk, but let's, let's go ahead and start doing your season MVP. Jani Broom. All right, yeah, I'll just go ahead and unanimously we can go. You can go and make that graphic, and and I, and I would then, agree. And the best newcomer, uh, Janai Broom. Yes. Okay. Great. I'm I'm glad we're we're in unison here. Most improved, Katie Johnson. Whoa. Okay, I need you to talk to me for a second about that. Well, if you, I I think the last the last month has really been the best Katie Johnson we've seen at Auburn in general. You can go most improved player of the season and most improved player from last year as well. I think Katie Johnson offered valuable minutes and we saw the best of Alan Flanagan, but that really dipped off. You also saw the worst of Alan Flanagan. You also saw the worst of Alan Flanagan. You saw the worst of Katie Johnson early on in the season, but throughout the season, you got to see the best of Katie Johnson. I've got kind of a different pick for most improved player. I'm going to go Wendell Green Jr. And, and, and let me let me just quickly talk through this. I thought his shot selection got much better this year. His facilitating abilities, I mean, he's just he's probably the best passer in the SEC, man. I'm just not going to lie to you. And that's such an immeasurable stat. And his, his ability to get his guys open. I was very, very impressed by Wendell's progression year to year. And in in your his senior year academically and third year with the program next year, presumptively, I I would I would expect a continued progression because I know that he kind of took a backseat in terms of like he quietly scored this year instead of putting up flashy numbers. Yeah. And that and that, that's okay. I I I'm looking for him to progress in terms of not just shot selection next year, decision making about going to the basket, which part of that's getting in the weight room, right? But another another bit of that is 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 having some faith in his guys that he can kick it out and doesn't always have to kind of do it himself. But a lot of times this year he was asked to. And that that's going to get lost in the sauce because people are still harping on him for that SEC tournament buzzer beater. Which, by the way, that shot was fine. There, that shot was fine. I have no problem with that. I'm going to stand by that until I die. Other little tidbit of basketball news. I'm actually glad you reeled me back in. Zep Jasper announced a team war ready in the basketball tournament. That is literally the name, the basketball tournament. It's like I think the first time we've ever had an Auburn player immediately after concluding his his career at Auburn, his tenure at Auburn, be named to team war ready. That's potentially very good for his. G League stock. If if a G League organization is interested in in, in developing him and seeing he's, if he's a potential fit at, at the next level, which I don't necessarily know that that's in the cards, but man, that team's going to be a ton of fun. I mean, you've got. Yeah. Did you know that you needed Zeb Jasper feeding the ball to Daniel Purefoy? That that's a that's a fever dream to Auburn fans. Is this or that. Malik Dunbar? Yeah. Uh, my thing with uh, Zep in the G League or the NBA in general. He's older than like half the league right now. Yeah, I know. That was just a, a side tidbit. And he's not scoring. So there's yeah. there's there's a lot lot there, but who knows? Who's to say? I mean, 19 like 1985, he would have been a first rounder. 
Right. But lockdown defender. League has changed. Yeah, he never played that nineties brand of basketball. Sure. Bully ball. <laughs> the uh the bad boy pistons, right? Okay. Yeah. Now we're gonna pivot over to football real quick, Dylan. And and I appreciate you for reeling me back in. Like I said, my head's been in a funk. So I'm, I'm glad that you're you're there. Auburn football pro day today, as this show's coming out. Dylan, who are we looking forward to be able to boost some stock and 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 really impress some people that that, that could fly under the radar and wind up getting signed? Uh, I think a uh, John Samuel Shanker probably comes to my mind. Uh, uh, yes, I, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just gonna. So me and Lance Dahl on the Auburn Daily Show yesterday talked about the pro day a lot, and I think it was unanimous in me and Lance both agreeing. Shanker, uh, you have your five draftable guys in Hank. Derek, Colby, Owen, and Iku. Then you have your guys who didn't get invited to the Combine. Uh, you got your Shedder Jackson, who I've never been the highest on, so I don't really see him as a draft prospect. But Shanker, it's a question mark on him. Uh, he doesn't have the speed that you want to have a tight end, but he does have very reliable hands, and he's a decent blocker. And he's a good route runner. And a good route runner. The only thing bad about him is his speed, but maybe sneaky speed. And I mean, you just, you can slim him down a little bit and he's fine. Shinker's Schenker, is probably my pick. Uh, I could see one of these O-linemen kind of sneaking into one. Uh, Killian Zier didn't have the best career at Auburn, but he's a big boy lineman. And NFL coaches love linemen that are six foot seven and above. And one of those guys you look at and you're like, I can fix him. I can fix yeah. him. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I'm. It's funny because honestly, full disclosure, I've 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 been trying to sleep and work and sleep today, so I have not listened to the Auburn Daily Show yet. It's really funny that you guys mentioned Shanker, and he, that was the first one to come to my mind. Uh, Shedrick Jackson could impress people with his his physical dimensions in terms of how he how he runs his 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 shuttle, his forty, and 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 bench press. He's a strong dude, built well, just not the best hands, and really didn't get a lot of targets at Auburn. But who knows? There may be an NFL practice uh, team that says, "Hey, we could put him on the practice squad and see what happens." I mean, you bulk him up tight end he's a good blocker good right. blocker to where you can do that so definitely an opportunity for a lot of guys there and something that we will definitely have an in-depth in-depth breakdown on the thursday show as we we talk to hopefully hopefully we'll, we'll have a, an interview on that show um, should 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 be back to full strength here on the college loop uh, by this by this thursday cam newton will be in the house so that's always fun it's uh it's always a vibe when when cam is back in town might be a workout for cam uh, i think he's trying to get back in the nfl so he'll probably be the one throwing the passes, throwing deep balls. You know what? It, it's good. It's good for like media attention and all that stuff too. If nothing else, it's fun, right? <laughs> so. Exactly. I'm I'm sad I didn't get to go. Uh, dude's basically my hero. Dylan, I've got a question for you as we move on from pro day, and and here's the overarching question that you and I are getting all the time and having small talk conversations, whether that be over dinner, over grabbing a beer with buddies. And think things like that, and this is definitely uh, a good, you know, conversation for 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 the Xbox party chat. Can Hugh Freeze win a championship at Auburn? And and I'm getting this a lot. A lot of people asking me, do you think Hugh Freeze can lead Auburn to the promised land? Is is there a world where Hugh Freeze is is set up for success at Auburn to the point where you think that Auburn could renew itself on the national stage? I want to get your thoughts. I've definitely formulated an opinion because I've been asked this a lot. And and I I was curious where your headspace is at, and I'm sure this is going to wind up being the clickbait for the episode, and that's fine. But your thoughts. So the question is, can Hugh Freeze win a championship while he's at Auburn? And my answer is yes, yes he can. Uh, he's a great 
great recruiter. We've seen that. He completely changes the outlook of Auburn recruiting. Uh, we saw it this past weekend where he went absolutely ballistic uh, and had several, several, several highly touted players across the next three years at Auburn. And you had a five-star who said that his, his visit was so good, he's already looking forward to the next one. That's the kind of outlook you want out of recruits. And the scheme that he has is taken down giants. Uh, he has taken mediocre Ole Miss teams and beat number one Bama teams. That's what you want. He just has never had the facilities of a big uh, budget program to do that. And I think now he does have that with Auburn. You just get him a quarterback who can who can develop well. And there you go. That's all, that's all you need nowadays is a very good quarterback. I'm not going to disagree with you, Dylan. I, I think that something that, that Hugh Freeze has brought to the table is a very clear plan in the recruiting trail. You've got your quarterback of the future, Walker White, uh, in the class of 2024, a guy that a lot of people are excited and who's pretty much been, if, you, it's not, if you're not naming coaches, been the lead recruiter for that 24 class. And that's what you want. You want a guy that believes in Auburn, believes in the scheme, and believes in Hugh Freeze. There's never been a better time than now. The college football playoffs expanding to 12 teams. It's going to open some doors for a theoretical Cinderella story. I know that the people are going to talk about how top heavy that is, whatever. There is the table is set correctly for Hugh Freeze to be very, very successful at Auburn. At the bare minimum, I do think he'll make the college football playoff more than once under under the expansion. But like like we mentioned, his his early onset effort, efforts on the recruiting trail have been nothing short of remarkable. And X's and O's, I think he's fine. I don't think he's the best coach in the world. I'm just going to be candid about that. I don't think he's the most brilliant. Uh, offensive-minded coach in the world. I think he's very talented, and, and I think he's got the right guys in the right places. Philip Montgomery's impressed me all the way through, and and you've got those pieces, the Cadillac Williams, the Zach Etheridge's, the Trevon Reeds on the recruiting front. He's kept the right pieces, brought in, I think, pieces that are going to be very beneficial to Auburn, and he just kind of makes the most out of what he's got. So I'm, I, I would not be surprised, first off, for Auburn to get a decent bowl bid in 23, but more importantly, I think that to answer the question here, and what I always tell people is, Hugh Freeze absolutely can win a championship at Auburn. Just like anywhere else, every all the stars have to align. And, and, and any championship run for any sport at any level. But the potential is there. The resources there is there. And the recruiting is back to a level unseen, dim, barring the early Malzahn era, the, to mid-Malzahn era. So my final answer is absolutely capable. I can't guarantee a championship for Auburn because none of us can. I, we don't have a crystal ball. And I don't quite to be just to be candid. I don't think Georgia's done, and I don't think Alabama's done. Well, the question is, can he? Not will he? Right. Sure. Yeah, he's absolutely capable. He can. I don't know if he will. So that's that's kind of my final answer. A team, another team competing to get their name in, written in the history books at, on, on the national stage. Let's talk with Auburn Gymnastics for a second here. After finishing fifth in the SEC championships this past weekend, mom and dad had a great time. Mom was amazed awesome she she called me and she's like that trinity thomas girl is pretty good it's like yeah florida's kind of disgusting so uh there's 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 that they're headed out to regionals out at as you said ukla ucla and in los angeles and and they'll they'll begin against byu and boise state that's a pretty good draw yes, yes that's on is. march 29th that's favorable to auburn i think suny lee should be healthy by then that's from my understanding when she's got another nine days to to rest up so at that point, she'll have almost 30 days of rest. And, and at, the, at that point, you're just kind of banking on not suffering any rust and having to knock any rust off. Auburn has the right pieces. Shout out Cassie Stevens. Hell of a performance at the SEC Championships. And you never count this team out when they get to floor. If they're if they're within striking distance on, and they're heading to floor, I like their chances to win in under any scenario, Dylan. 
yeah, uh, if he comes down to it, Auburn has to have a uh, perfect Ted come out and then hit, out walks Darion Goborn and God save the queen. That's right. Auburn needs it most. Uh, so you hope Sunni Lee is healthy. Uh, Cassie Stevens is performing her best, uh, as always. Uh, did not score anything under a 9-9 at the SEC Championship. That's why she was a co-SEC champion for Vault. She hit a 9-9-5, which... Yeah, I couldn't find the point oh five. Yeah, where is it? Where yeah. where to go? Uh, where did you come from? I, Cotton Eye Joe, you know? Just... I couldn't find it either. I'm gonna go a little out of order here, Dylan. I know we're gonna talk softball, but while we're on the topic of a team that needs to get healthy, let's talk baseball for a second here. Auburn got swept by Arkansas this past weekend. You did a great job recapping that on the Sunday show. They are going to take on South Alabama. I believe that's Wednesday, correct? That is today as the show comes out today in Riverwalk Stadium in Montgomery, Alabama. Right. So catch Fun the Auburn Tigers in the Biscuit Stadium. That's right. Uh, fun matchup at, at Riverwalk in great ballpark. Auburn, I think, was suffering a little bit from that midweek against Georgia Tech last week. They're having to throw so yeah. many arms. And I mean, I mean, let's be honest for a second. Arkansas is Arkansas. They're good for a reason. And they're so nationally notarized for a reason. Joe Goh's got to get healthy, man. You got to get him back in the rotation. It's not going to be a midweek opportunity to, to preview the South Alabama game. They gave Alabama hell for about seven innings which means they can give Auburn hell for about nine innings at the state of where this team's at right now. Do I think they can be better? Absolutely. But their arms have to be healthy. I would think this has got to be a split game effort between Tommy Vale, Connor Copeland, and then a combination of six guys from the bullpen. I think it's got to be a bullpen game and you've got to get out there and put in good reps. South Alabama will give you fits. They will, they will put the ball in play. They will test your defense. And if you're not hundred percent healthy, like Auburn is, you really could find yourself in some early trouble. So something to keep an eye on tonight's matchup with South Alabama on the baseball diamond. Another matchup I'm going to let Dylan preview because he's been able to, he was able to watch a good bit this weekend. Softball had a rough time in Oklahoma City, which we kind of figured was going to happen. What in the world has to go right in order for Auburn to get back on track? And they've got to against Missouri this weekend and an opponent that I don't think can compete with them. Well, uh, it starts... I don't want to say it starts with the pitching staff, but kind of maybe does. Uh, Auburn gave up to do some quick bats here. They gave up two runs, uh, two runs, six runs, 14 runs to the number one team in the country, and then, of course, seven runs. So quick maths is 21, 27, 29, 31 runs in a weekend. Uh, you just got to get right, get get out of your own head. That's all you got to do. The pitching staff is fine. They're all very good pitchers. They're all really great pitchers. They just got to get right back in their own head. The batting has to get more consistent. Uh, you have Neilio Peralta, who is hitting bombs off the first pitch. But after that, everyone's kind of struggling to hit. Uh, it, just, it happens. Uh, you, get a, you hit a rough stretch from time to time in, in these sports. And Auburn just kind of hit one. I, I think something went wrong when... They lost the series to Georgia. They just got kind of got in their own heads. Uh, then lost you confidence. Turn, lost confidence. And you have to turn around, and play the number one team in the country, and you kind of just like kind of beat yourself up. And you lost to Northwestern. Uh, you only lost by one run each game. Walk off in the seventh hurts. It it just happens. Uh, you can't stop it. And then you have to turn around after you get walked off. Two hours later, you have to look at the number one team in the country, and then. That it shows a lot of confidence shows whenever you lose 14 0. It, it's not much you can really, really say about it except get out of your own head, take a breath. This team is still good. I still believe in this team. You just got to get some confidence back, and they have a full week to do that. Absolutely. Dylan could not agree more. 
And we'll have a pretty big breakdown of what that looks like this this weekend on the Thursday show. For now, that's all we've got on the Tuesday installment of the College Loop. For those of you participating in the Bracket Challenge, big shout out to Michael Ellison, Trace Kruger, and whoever named their bracket the College Loop. We love you, first off. That's hilarious. <laughs> all three in first place with 46 points. And it uh, looks like the College Loop and Michael Ellison both have 92 points remaining. We've got a couple of brackets with over 100 points still remaining. So shout out to you guys. Y'all are really, really kicking butt and taking names. And uh, we're, we're really excited to be able to give away an awesome Auburn hat and four tickets to 8A. So we'll be monitoring that and giving you guys updates after the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight this weekend. We'll see who's still dancing, who's still standing. I've effectively taken myself out of position, but we'll we'll monitor that as that goes forward and we'll pretend like my bracket never happened. I'm Harrison Tarr, <laughs> at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. You can check out all my written work on the Auburn Daily. You can listen to more of my podcasting work every Tuesday, excuse me, every Wednesday and Friday on the Auburn Daily Show. You can also catch me every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday right here on the College Loop that Dylan Lark is about to tell you all about. Dylan, been a ton of fun. Happy to be back, man. No problem. Uh, also, go follow Daniel Locke on Twitter at, at Daniel J. Locke. Catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday and Wednesday. Monday with Lance Dahl, Wednesday with Harrison Tarr. Also, follow the College Loop literally everywhere. Uh, that is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. You also got YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. But sadly, no MySpace just yet. Make sure to go follow me at your boy the Tank on Twitter. That is at Y-A-B-O-Y, the Tank. And with all that being said, the College Loop Podcast. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. <laughs>